0: The following podcast contains amazing life advice, positive reinforcement, and good vibes. Masks are optional but not required, and social distancing of at least six feet from your device is recommended for best audio quality. Welcome back to Through the Lens. I'm Shreyak and I enjoy chatting with interesting people doing interesting things and today I have a very special guest joining me from all the way across the pond Gary Gumbleton. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Hi thanks for having me bud.
0: Uh, Well Gary before we we kind of jump into chatting with you and I know you're going to be uh, you know schooling us in all things sales and marketing and entrepreneurship and um the importance of, of what a personal brand is. Uh you know how how's it how's it going for you over there man? How has the the lockdown situation been over there and and how have you uh, how has lockdown life changed for you over the past year?
1: Uh well, from a personal perspective, I mean, lockdown, you know, mentally was really tough, right? Just for everybody. Yeah. We I don't think our government, not the political did a very good job at the very beginning, but now we're kind of slowly coming at a lockdown 3, 3.0. Uh, And actually they are doing really well. Like the vaccination program is actually absolutely cranking. We've like vaccinated half the population. So it's, it's actually going well now. I mean, from a business perspective, we're a video agency. So a lot of our work was face to face. So lockdown one, everything just dropped off. So we had to furlough for three months and do, you know, volunteer work. So, we literally had no work. And, you know, there were times where I was crying in the shower. I didn't know whether I was going to survive, right? Oh, man. Yeah, it's tough. So, but now it seems like everybody who wanted to make content over the past 12 months now wants to make content in the next two weeks. So I have even less hair than I started with because we're so <laughs> busy. And I think people have realized, and we'll talk about this later, is that video content is kind of like the next best thing uh, in a post-COVID era where we can't meet as many people face-to-face nowadays, you know?
0: hmm yeah totally and and i mean with with that said right per- perfect segue but i mean tell 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 us a little bit about what you what you do especially for for folks who maybe don't fully kind of know
1: yeah cool man so we are capital content uh, we're a digital agency uh fundamentally we create content we're we're storytellers uh or social first storytellers is our, is our tagline right uh, and what we do is we're kind of like a mixture of sales and marketing people that have created this agency and we help businesses achieve objectives using video content so instead of just making content willy-nilly we find out what our uh, what the business objectives are and we create content to try and help achieve those objectives so that's kind of what we do in a nutshell and it ranges right from the 29 second video you'll see on TikTok right up to the the 30 minute documentary that you see on Prime so it's it's any type of video content but really it's that tier two social media video content that we that we create for businesses and personal brands as well
0: yeah yeah and and maybe uh and, and i noticed on your uh i, I kind of stalked you on linkedin a little bit uh i noticed that you described it as uh, uh you know your your team is creative storytellers so maybe break that down for us what does that really mean i know you touched on it a bit but yeah
1: so really you know if if we look at it from a psychological psychological perspective easy for me to say uh, is that we have two operating systems in our brain right we have the emotive and we have mm-hmm. the analytical the emotional and the rational right the emotional is the is the operating system that uh, makes that first decision that amygdala hijack right? Then your analytical or your rational brain kicks in and actually starts to criticize what you what decision you've just made. Uh, so what? that we are as an organization like i said is a mixture of sales and marketing people we're not just a bunch of millennials that can do a cool time lapse we actually know (laughs) like business objectives we know what businesses go through when they need to raise brand awareness or sell more product. but then we also know uh how to emotively connect with someone and then rationally help them make a better better decision right and and like i said it's about storytelling so a great example is if I was to show you, if I was to post out just a picture of a bottle of Coke, right, you're not going to engage with that bottle of Coke. Uh, because it's just a static image. But if I told you a story about a little boy who ra- uh, saved his money from his paper round to buy his first can of Coke in the, the, the local shop around the corner, you engage with that because there's an emotive connection. There's nostalgia and mm-hmm. you, you connect with that. Resonation, a, yeah. Yeah, you connect with that on a, on, a, on a, an emotion, a, emotive level. Uh, so it's it's that kind of stuff, right? And the, it's the indirect sell. You, you, what people don't want to hear is, this is my product, it sells it's problem A, right? What you're supposed to do or what you should be doing is saying, I actually started my business 10 years ago with a laptop in the back of a car. I'm now 10 people strong and, and we support our community by X, Y, Z, you know? So it's a, it's trying to humanize a brand using video content specifically, you know, using people's faces as well. You know, that, that's always key when pushing out content. Mm-hmm. A, a great little tip is if, if you're making content for your business, think about who your audience is and then put the person in that video that is the same as your audience so if your audience are females 25 to 35 put a 25 to 35 year old female in your video because it's that mirror strategy where people want to see themselves in that video so if you can put someone that is the same as you same as your audience in your video you're going to connect with someone on a on an emotive level that initial reaction that you have when when you see anything right
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think like, you know, with 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 anything else, and and the way you you explained it, it, it just goes to show you that until you even just taking it one step back until you don't stop to think about the, the, the intent and the thought that goes behind that you don't really understand what's involved in creative storytelling, for example. So I mean, with with that being said, maybe, you know, tell us a little bit about some which i'm sure you do you know misconceptions that you encounter whether you're kind of engaging with a potential client you know pitching your 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 work or company or even just you know talking to to someone who maybe doesn't know what you do what are some of those misconceptions yeah man
1: so i mean the classic one the absolutely classic is someone says can you make me a viral video (laughs) everybody says that to me right and i'm like no is the answer (laughs) I yeah. don't make, we as a digital agency do not make viral videos. It's the viewer that makes the video go viral. Yeah. Right? And there are only three reasons why a video goes viral. There are uh, audience participation. So you look at uh, Ice Bucket Challenge. Right, that was just one guy making a video, and then all of a sudden it was it was everywhere. Right, it went viral, and that was audience participation. And mm-hmm. The next one is uh, tastemakers or influencers. So if Bieber, you know, retweeted one of your videos, boom, there's your video going viral. Uh, and the other one is unexpectedness. So if you are uh, if something happens in that video, or if the video you're watching is has an unexpected outcome. You want to share that with your friends because you want them to have that unexpected outcome as well. So they're the only three reasons why a video goes viral. So that definitely, that's one misconception. Mm-hmm. And the other one is the cost of video. One creating video content. Isn't that expensive just mm-hmm. straight off the bat, right? You can create your own content. We've all got a 4k camera in our pocket right now. Uh, but what people, the misconception is the cost of professionally creating video content, uh, isn't you know it, it shouldn't it, it isn't down to the length of video you know you might spend a couple of grand on making uh, a 29 second video right and people go oh man wow. I'm, only, I'm only getting a 29 second video but it's not the value is not in the length of the video the value is in the return of the video mm-hmm. right the the 29 second video is going to get way more cut through than a five minute video right in fact a five minute mm-hmm. video is going to cost you the same but you know it's actually that 29 second video strategically will get more cut through and more return uh, and mm-hmm. uh, another thing, I, I posted on LinkedIn the other day and I, I asked this question. It was a bit of a, a bit of a, a cheeky one. It was more like, <laughs> uh, how many views does it take on a video for that video to be successful? Right. The answer is one. It takes one view. One view from the right person to then ring you mm-hmm. up and go, yes, I want to buy your product, right? Because wow. that that's all we're really doing it for. We're not looking for viral videos, we're not looking for thousands of views or engagement. You do it just for connecting with that one person that's all you need and then it's labels <clears> from there
0: yeah no i th- and and do you know what i i, I can kind of relate to this just in the sense of i you know i i work as a designer in, in in tech and before you even get to to um you know building that video creating what that is i imagine there's a lot of intent and research and, and analysis that goes into to figuring that out yeah right? there's
1: 20 years of experience being plowed yeah. into this 30 second video, right? And it's funny, there's like a meme floating around where uh, like agency owners credit being able to have downloaded a free copy of Photoshop 20 years ago off of LimeWire and that's the reason that they uh, own their own <laughs> agency right it's because you got what? a free pho- a free copy of Photoshop and it's like that's totally true when I when I was young, when I was like 15, 20 uh, I yeah. managed to get a free copy of Photoshop really old version like photo 6.0 whatever it is uh, made poster design for my mates 20 years later I run a digital agency because I got a free copy of LimeWire and probably a whole bunch of viruses but that, that's really it right it's, it's the 20 years experience knowing what goes into a 29 second video that gets you that return
0: and, and now maybe let's let's take another uh, another step back and and i you know i'd love to get your perspective on you know you've told us about kind of what 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 you do and and what it really means but maybe let's take a step back and talk about um you know you you you've obviously you you you, st- you started capital content in 2017 is that right
1: yeah that's right man yeah a few years ago yeah i say a few Three years, years ago. ago i mean it was almost five years ago now yeah
0: crazy right five years ago um well you know what what Maybe tell us about what what drove you to to start your own company.
1: Yeah, man. So, I mean, like I mentioned, I was a creative. Uh, behind the scenes right I played in a band made poster design and all that kind of stuff free copy of uh, Photoshop blah 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 Uh, and at the age of 25 I left school at 16 no college no qualifications no university Uh, and really what you do if you haven't got any qualifications is you go into sales so I went into kind of selling mobile phones on the shop floor I got to like 25 and I had this like work based epiphany where I wanted to be a leader in a creative organisation within 10 years and it's it's what's called a B-hag, right a big hairy audacious goal it's supposed to be a goal that you can't achieve but you constantly strive towards it so you get become a better person as you go so then over well within like three months of me making that decision i was all of a sudden being relocated by vodafone to live in new zealand for 10 years wow Uh, which was an amazing experience right so i stayed there for 10 years but every role change every job that i got was a sidestep or a step towards uh achieving this goal of being a leader in a creative organization and after 10 years i kind of blinked and got married but for the last couple of years of being in new zealand i ran uh, an agency as a sales director right so i -hmm. I was a salesperson couldn't get uh, marketing experience without having marketing experience right everybody has that issue so what i then did is i managed like i said become a sales director in a creative organization and that allowed me to use my sales experience in a creative industry. Uh, And then when I came back to the UK, what I realised after speaking to a bunch of friends and family about what I was creating back in NZ was that New Zealand were ahead of the game, four or five years or so, ahead of the game in uh, in terms of video content, than the UK, than England, right? Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think that was because that... New Zealand is a micro-economy, right? There's only four and a half million people there, and lovely country, don't get me wrong, but there's not that many dollars to be spent. So the agencies needed to be really innovative innovative, and really push boundaries uh, to capture that minimum amount of dollars that were actually being spent. Uh, so that's why they were so ahead of the game. So when, like I said, when I was telling friends, I'm like, holy moly, you, you, you know, you're creating content that no one's really kind of thought about here at the moment. So that's where capital, came, uh, capital content came from. Uh, I started it with just me... Uh, a laptop uh, and a desk in my living room, trying to avoid wow. watching Netflix, eating toast in my dressing gown, right? <laughs> but we then really hustling for my first job. And uh, I managed to, I had some friends that were uh, invested. So I managed, I wasn't greedy either. I gave them shares. And I, uh, in response to those shares, I got five, uh, three months worth of bills paid, right? I had enough money to survive me and the yep. wife for three months. So it mm-hmm. gave me that deadline. I really had to, I had to make it work. Right, you know, it was it was it was a risk, and I think that one of my mantras is that the difference between doers and dreamers is action, and I absolutely took action. You know, I just did it. I got the website together, got the domain, and a massive tip for entrepreneurialism, or at least when people are starting off, let's say as a freelancer, and they have these this dream of being big, is the tactic around uh, the we. So every time I wrote an email, every time I posted on over on social, instead of I am doing this, it was we are doing this. perception is reality right if people perceived me as a larger agency uh, Mm -hmm. they would then treat me like a larger agency and i would hopefully therefore then win larger clients that's why the word capital is in the the business name in capital content because being Mm -hmm. deemed in the capital london you you instantly think we are larger than we actually are right and again perception is reality so capital content the word content was i wanted the business name to tell someone exactly what we did so if i said capital content they knew without me having to explain the word content is in there right and alliteration Like Gary Gumbleton, it's a very memorable Mm. name. I sound like I'm a Mm. hobbit from Middle Earth. (laughs) Uh, But Capital Content, again, there's that alliteration side. So that's the, the three pillars of where the business name came from, you know
0: wow that that is actually really really incredible when you when you kind of especially for you I'm sure to look back and think about yeah, the, the kind of steps that you did especially when I had
1: to like a really old lappy and a one camera and a couple of batteries to now like a thousand square feet worth of office and charges up the wazoo you know it's uh, yeah it seems like a long time ago, but it also seems like yesterday
0: that is incredible and i mean with with you know with that being said if you now that we're kind of going down memory lane if you had to look back and um, and i 'm sure you know folks listening who might benefit from this, what were some of the top kind of hard skills technical skills or or soft skills that you you think helped you um, succeed in 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 kind of this this goal that you 're working towards we're working towards
1: yeah, I think a lot of it is that i I am both an introvert and an extrovert, right I get my strength mm-hmm. from within and also get my strength from other people, so it 's easy for me to have quite, you know, com, you know conversations like we're having where I'm talking yeah. loads and I'm expressive and I can tell you my opinions and stuff. But a lot of people have trouble with that, like public speaking, being on podcasts and video calls and, and, and pitching to clients. That's okay for me. I played in a band a long time ago for a long time. So I'm okay with public speaking and expressing my opinion. So that was definitely a skill that was needed because in a pre-COVID era, that was, it was about going to London, jumping on the tube, meeting three or four people throughout the day, Doing the Gary show and trying to sell it, right? Uh, and then yeah. uh, the second skill, when, when you start to feel that growth, when you're like, I need to bring somebody else on because I need to duplicate myself, is delegation. It, it, you, it was At the beginning, it was only me, right? For 12 hours a day, 14 hours a day, it was always me. And then having to let go of a part of the business to let somebody yeah. else manage was is a skill. I still have trouble with it now. It's very mm-hmm. difficult. Because it's my baby because it was always me at the beginning, cut me ugly blue yeah. kind of thing, it was difficult to let go of some of the the things that needed to be done, but absolutely from a growth perspective, when you are an entrepreneur by yourself and you see that growth stage, you really need to be able to let go that's that's got that's an absolute key skill if you want to grow you know
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and and yeah no and 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 I think a lot of it comes down to. What, what i'm what i'm taking away from from what you're saying i think a lot of it comes down to 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 your i guess attitude or your approach to things Not yeah that, absolutely that,
1: that. yeah i mean it's it's a it, it's a, a one a five and a ten year outset right you've got to have that uh short-term goal and long-term goals in parallel everyone bangs on about it's all about the long term it's like absolutely it is all about the long term but you've got to have that short-term stuff as well you know you've got to have those goals running in parallel
0: hundred percent hundred percent and i do want to I, I do want to kind of flip the script a little bit and and almost play devil 's advocate for a second and, and maybe ask you did you did you ever consider anything other than the path that you you 're on now um, maybe earlier on in your life and and, and it, maybe why did you decide not to pursue it
1: it 's a good question I definitely have I've always worked for people, right? But I'd, I'd failed a number of times. I'd started businesses throughout my life. I think I was always entrepreneurial. You know, I had yeah. a company called worldwidecanvas.com dot com, like pre YouTube, right, twenty years ago, where people were able to upload their photos and. Other people could then buy canvases with those photos on top of them. Now, right? That is, that's you know it happens all the time. You know you sell thousands of those every day. Twenty years ago, no one was doing it, but this was pre YouTube. I was printing flyers. That's how that's how old it was, right? Uh, I also had a removal company called GK Services with a very good friend because that's what I did at the time. I set up my own removal business, and I also had a recording studio. That you know a third business that failed. Uh, that was just like a desk, in my again, in my bedroom. But I think it was more the... Uh, I'd always been entrepreneurial. I'd worked for other people. Sales was always kind of what, my bread and butter. That's what I could do because of the Gary show or whatnot. But it was, I think, that turning point that at 25, having that epiphany to say, no, I, I'm better than this. I didn't do well in education. It doesn't matter that you didn't do well in education. You can you know, move forward and be successful. And I want to represent it. I'm not saying you know, st- definitely stay in school, kids, right? But what I'm saying <laughs> is that it don't, you know, you'll, you'll forget, actually, Carrie Rose, who's CEO of uh, Rise7, an um, agency in the, U- in the UK, she posted today saying, don't worry, students, you won't even remember what your grades are in five years' time. You know, so don't hey, put no. that onus. Yeah, <laughs> don't put that onus on your grades. I, like I said, I left school at 16. So I, I think to yeah. your question, I was always entrepreneurial. I'd failed a number of times. Uh, mm-hmm. And I always wanted to, I felt like, I'm a bit more of a control freak, bit of a cliche phrase, but I'm a control freak. I, it's difficult mm. to let go of certain parts of the business. I like to be yeah. in control and I think working for somebody else, it wasn't, it, it wasn't as if it was like, you know, stick it to the man, um, you know, they earn a dollar, <laughs> I earn a dime kind of thing. It was, it was more the fact that I wanted to be in control. I wanted to make my own difference. I wanted to make a difference by myself, you know, that, that was yeah. more of the, my, my mantra, you know.
0: Incredible, incredible. Um, well, and and I think that's a perfect segue into well, clearly to 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 kind of get to this this place that you're in now, both personally, I'm sure, and professionally. Uh, you you very clearly, um, I, I can already kind of get a get a sense of what your brand is, Gary. But you can
1: feel the energy, uh, right? I can all I, the way over the pond,
0: all the way across the pond. Trust me. But <laughs> but with that being said, um, maybe talk to us about what what is the importance of, of you know, a, a, a personal brand for you? And, and maybe how would you define your personal brand?
1: Yeah, man, personal brand, absolutely key right now. Okay, it's a big big buzzword over LinkedIn, 2021. And yeah. I think what people are, are realizing uh, is that personal brand is key in both yourself and the organization you work for or own, right? Personal brand isn't a new thing, right? If you think back to Steve Jobs 20 odd years ago, he had a massive personal brand. We bought Apple products because of Steve Jobs. If yeah. he went to go work for IBM, we'll probably buy products from IBM because of Steve Jobs, right? Obviously that wouldn't happen, but you know what I mean, I'm, I'm generalizing. Now, what people are realizing is that there are, if you had a st- 50 staff, you've got 50 brand ambassadors for your business. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you know, if we bring it even into the COVID pandemic, I would assume the same happened uh, in Canada where loads of people got made redundant you know, because there was no work on, there was no money, economy started to crash. So that, you know, we had a massive unemployment thing. You know, we have the, the, obviously the furlough payments, to be able to, you know, stay at home and not do anything or what whatnot, but there's yeah. a huge unemployment increase, right? So what Sounds happened, good. yeah, so what happened was all these people that got made redundant, um, they, for the first time ever, they posted on LinkedIn and they go, hey, I'm open to work. I need a job, I've been made redundant. Because that was the first time they posted, they got into zero engagement, they had no relationships online, you know, there, was, there was no emotive connection to that person because that was the first time I'd ever seen the profile pop up in my feed, right? Yeah. What they should have been doing is keeping that personal brand alive like a business, treat themselves like a business. And I'm not saying that they're constantly looking for a new job whilst they're being employed. It's more to the fact that it's the digital version of dressing for the job that you want, not the job that you have, and what you need to do is, let's say you post every day or post at a frequency that you can handle yourself. And then you're keeping that brand alive. You're keeping that plate spinning. So when you do need help, when you do need a job, when you do want to try and sell, your brand is already out there, right? And and there's a major tip. And uh, there's a guy that runs an agency here, great influence. He, he talks about uh, you need three topics to chat about Mm -hmm. Uh, when you think about your personal brand and it's those three topics you need to chat about forever you know you need to be able because if you want to post every day you need a lot to say right Uh, and you can obviously hit you know feel from my energy i have lots to say already right so the the three uh topics that i have specifically are uh business ownership entrepreneurialism right uh video content or marketing uh, and diabetes so i'm a type 2 diabetic and i can talk about those three topics forever. And what that does is it allows me to talk about business, marketing, and something personal. And what we're doing there is we're humanizing the brand. This is what a business does all the time. They humanize the brand. Yeah. I'm humanizing myself. And mm-hmm. what what I've found is focusing on my personal brand over the last couple of years, we now generate 80% of capital content's revenue through me as a personal brand. You know, outbound yeah. sales doesn't work. If you if you ring someone up and go Hey, do you want to buy content from me? You've got to be in that very small window. There's a very small window where you've got them at the right time and the right place. But mm-hmm. if I keep my personal brand alive, I keep that plate spinning over social, over LinkedIn, whatever it might be, someone when they need content will think of me. Or they'll and therefore yeah. think of the business and then contact us, you know? So personal sure. brand is super key at, at the moment. Specifically around video content, because people need to see faces. You want to see behind that logo. Uh, But yeah, man, it's, I think businesses should let their staff be brand ambassadors. And I think Mm -hmm. staff should uh, keep their own person. And I'm not saying go out and be Steve Jobs tomorrow. Just, you know, start a debate, have an opinion, talk about your industry. Don't sell your product. Don't go, yes, product A solves problem A just talk Mm -hmm. about your industry just be do that indirect you know especially if you're Mm -hmm. a salesperson as well you know so I'm a a Mm -hmm. massive advocate of personal brand because like I said 80% of our revenue comes from me as a personal brand. 100%
0: 100% and you 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 really kind of like dove deep into where where the where where it comes into play Um, both personally but from a from a business perspective as well but Maybe let's let let's think about let's put ourselves in the position of a you know a young student or a a prof, some you know professional starting their entry level job their first one in the industry. I I, I would almost kind of ask the opposite question to you, which is Gary, what, why why should I care about personal brand? Why is it important for me?
1: God, you love this devil's advocate thing, right? Yeah, I it do. Put, put me <laughs> on the spot. So okay, you're totally right. I mean, it does go back to that thing to say if you you know if you've got if you don't know if you're not if you're unknown. Then how are you going to be known, right? If you're a student, entry level job, absolutely, you need to be shouting from the rooftops. Hey, I just got this job, because in five years' time, where where are you going to be? You know, everybody thinks about getting that job right now, uh, but you know, there I think there is a lot more entrepreneurialism, is a lot more start your own business culture nowadays. You know, yeah. and and if you think about, you know, let's say that, yep, yeah, you're totally right, entry level job. They're a student, even even at a student level. I think, do you know what? Actually, you could, you could carve yourself a massive bit of market share if you raise your personal brand as a student. You know, No yeah. one's doing that because it's like, why, why would they? But absolutely, what they should be doing is generating a personal brand now at student level in amongst other students because in 10 years' time, all of those students are all going to go up a level and they're all going to be marketing managers or CEOs or MDs, whatever it might be, and you're yeah. rubbing shoulders of all those guys. And if you're the noisiest out of the crew you you're going to be first in line right so i mm-hmm. i think yeah it goes down to that short and long term goal you know have both mm-hmm. a short term goal about getting your first job but have a long term yeah. goal about where you're going to be when you're 40 you know
0: for sure for sure and I, and i'm going to put you on the spot a little bit again but if i if i am that student i am that that you know entry level professional in, in 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 even beginning to build my personal brand, what are what are maybe some of the steps or some of the questions I should ask myself to to do that? You touched on it a bit, but.
1: yeah, and do you know what, it is about asking questions. I think you, yeah. if you you know if you're a person that doesn't know what to do, I think uh, generate maybe you know you definitely people will have already a, a, a social profile, right? They they'll have an Insta, they'll have a TikTok, and. You would, fingers crossed, hope they have a LinkedIn. I don't know how big LinkedIn is in Canada. I'm, I'm assuming it's just a, a relatively strong B2B platform, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I think it's about, if you don't know what to say, ask. So if, mm-hmm. you, if you are a designer, for example, maybe ask the question, what's your favorite font? You know, just mm-hmm. start that debate, get people commenting. So And when someone comments, so why? You know, why is Helvetica? Or, you know, why, why, <laughs> why is that <laughs> Hel- your favorite <laughs> font, you know? Or, you know, bring it back down to personal things right but yeah. still keep it in still keeping <laughs> your lane for example what about um uh, what's it called i think it's called extract uh abstract it's a documentary on netflix and it's like mm-hmm. one hour docos on um different creative industries uh mm. you know around the world so one is about font type or stage dressing or Uh, architecture you know so actually what you could do is if you if you binge on netflix go out and watch that episode then write an opinion piece on it say oh i thought this was really good i love the idea of typography.com you know i can't believe a guy bought that domain name what do you think what is your favorite font or how many times have you seen helvetica today you know yeah so it just starts a conversation and then what you do is you start pulling bits out of that conversation you know if if someone comments oh man what do you mean by helvetica it's like well Okay, cool. This is where it came from. It was supposed to be a standard font, blah, 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 all that that sexy stuff about fonts. I love fonts, right? (laughs) We all love fonts. Uh, Oh, yeah. You know, but I think, yeah, it's a matter, if you don't know what to say, ask, and then start that ball rolling. It's about generating a debate, you know? And if you can use um, Spark Post or uh, Canva, chuck an image together, mate, Mm -hmm. you're you're laughing, right? Because it's all about visuals.
0: 100%, 100%. Um, the last kind of thing I, I was curious to get your thoughts on from a brand building perspective was would, would you, or do you recommend any, um, resources or books that maybe people should read any good podcasts, for example, that people should listen to, to, to kind of learn more about that?
1: Absolutely. So The Content Barn, which is a podcast that I run. uh, I would definitely listen to that. That's like, uh, you know, it's the odd half hour episode on just different topics. The most recent one was uh, Xenials versus Millennials and how people should market to both of those demographics or or either of those demographics. Um, I don't read a lot. I'll be honest with you. I have trouble reading physical books. Uh, I Mm. Because of my brain is so active all the time, I have trouble focusing when I'm listening to a book as well. So I tend not to listen to stuff. Uh, I, I do read... Online a little bit, you know. It, it's mm-hmm. funny. I think because uh, from a resource perspective, I would definitely jump on podcasts. Right. I think if you were to listen to a book, go for uh, this is marketing by Seth Godin or How to Build a Story Brand by uh, I want to say Daniel Priestley. So I have listened to a couple of books and and they're really good. The Story Brand one is great because it 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 tells you how to build a brand based around an actual story like a movie you know where there's a hero and there's a villain and how you get people to connect to the hero and you know the only reason you feel empathetic towards the hero if something goes wrong or if the villain comes into thing so it's like how do you build a brand around an actual movie plot kind of right um so i mean I, i would definitely read books but really it's about you know you could even start your own podcast you know double up so rather than going out and listening to other people's podcasts why not get like, I would assume what you're doing is... Lo and behold, yeah. Yeah, man. Like, just walk straight <laughs> into that one, right? What you yeah. want to do is invite guests on and learn from them for half an hour. And you're creating content. Yeah. You're raising your personal brand. You know, you'll export this audio out and check it onto anchor.fm to be able to put it up on Spotify and Apple and Google Podcasts. And then yeah. you might cut 10 times 15 second sound bites out of this video to promote the podcast once every day for the next 10 days, you know? So it's it's, it's, it's easy to do as long as you've kind of got a bit of a... A strategy behind you
0: yeah 100 percent, 100 percent. and um uh the last kind of rather deep question i wanted to ask you was um more about yourself you know if the the kind of cliche if you could give yourself younger self any advice what would it be whether whatever it's about the advice and and um yeah what would the advice be and why so i i would like
1: i would have liked to have started earlier Right, I had the work-based epiphany at 25, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I wish I had started earlier. I kind of like, you know, dosed for like 10 years. I did nothing for 10 years from leaving school at 16 to actually working uh, by the time mm-hmm. I was 25. So I think the bit of advice I'd give myself is stop slacking, right? Crack on mm-hmm. when you're 16, 17. Obviously, I'm a Zenia. I was born before the internet, right? I was born before, you know, YouTube and stuff. So mm-hmm. it, a- access is slightly different nowadays. Yeah. Uh, But that being said, it doesn't mean that you, you know, if you're too old, then don't do it, right? Because, you know, the English version of The Office, right? With Ricky Gervais. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: Ricky Gervais wrote The Office. It was the first thing he ever did. He wrote The Office at 40 years old, right? And now, he's a megastar, right? Writes a million things, huge. Everyone knows Ricky Gervais. Uh, But he did that at 40. That was his first thing. So, don't, I'm 40 now. And I'm obviously a, a very small percentage of success in comparison to Ricky Gervais. But what I mean is that you can start at any age. It doesn't matter. You know, yeah. your, Ricky Gervais is now a global superstar and he started at 40.
0: Incredible. Incredible. Well, I mean, and and to, you know, Gary, a lot of a lot of great advice, a lot of, um, you know, insight, which I've definitely learned a lot from. And I hope people listening, you know, take something away from from this as well. But... Um, and so to kind of wrap up, wrap up, I mean, you've listened to a couple of my episodes, so you know that I'm a big fan of really really bad corny jokes. Uh, so in honor of you being from the UK, I picked one out that's uh, UK related. Oh, I'm excited. Uh, so I I I think you should be able to get it. It's not, not too difficult a one. But um, Gary, I, I'd like to ask you, why is no one late in London?
1: Why is no one late in London?
0: Do you do you, do you think you have a guess for what the what the answer is?
1: Uh, no.
0: Because there's a big clock right in the middle of the town.
1: Oh god! I mean, that is awful. That is
0: absolutely shocking.
1: <laughs> Surprisingly, so that big clock has been covered for two years, and it's still going to be covered for another two years. So at the moment, there isn't actually a big clock in there. It's it's currently covered. being re- yeah, it's currently being refurbished. <laughs> but wow. even if it, even if it was visible, <laughs> that is still a really bad joke. But I I, 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 I'll let you off. Know. The Canadian human must be slightly different over there.
0: I, well i mean yes i just it's it's more of just me and my bad jokes um <laughs> awesome well gary thank you so much man for for being on the podcast carving out the time uh really really appreciate it no worries, um,
1: man you're welcome anybody's welcome to come and hit me up on linkedin you know forward slash gumbleton i think it is but yeah come and search me there's only one of me Um uh, more than happy to answer any questions just drop me a line man I'm super keen to help out
0: awesome well uh that's it for this episode guys i'll see you in the next one If you'd like to get in touch and don't feel like using too many characters, tweet at this underscore lens. Now, if you feel like checking out some pretty pictures while you're at it, jump into the DMs on IG, Instagram at look underscore in the lens. You can listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and Google Podcasts, just to name a few. Whether you're an Androidian or an Apple lover, this podcast does not discriminate. This episode was sponsored by late night edits, sugar-fueled brain blasts, drained headphone batteries, and listening to the same section of an audio file so many times you have the words down by heart.